This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance. Today, we venture into the world of alternative investments beyond the conventional asset classes of stocks, bonds and cash and look at investing in art. Because according to Art Basel's 2023 market report with Swiss investment banker UBS, global art sales increased by 3% year-on-year to an estimated US $67.8 billion thanks to event-driven art fairs, gallery openings and auctions returning to pre-pandemic levels. So joining me to discuss how to invest in art is Bing Lee Sim, an investment banker and also avid art collector. Thank you for joining me, Bing Lee. Thank you very much for inviting me. Okay, I think we should start at the very, very beginning because your story might inspire someone to consider investing in art. So tell us, when did you start taking notice of art, you know, and buying it? What was your inspiration for it, for that? Well, I started buying art as an investment. That was way back in 2005. Because at that point in time, uh, as a banker, uh, uh, we always look at alternative investments and you know, art seems to be quite a good choice to look into. However, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to say that there's an event which happened in 2008. And that's actually went uh, from investment art investment, I became a collector. Okay, so what was the reason for that in 2008? 2008, we have uh, our election. Mm. I don't know if you remember the tsunami, um, you know, when a lot of the states went to the opposition. Mm. And at that point in time, um, you know, I actually uh, went into a art gallery and I saw this piece of art by Bayou, a big black painting and it's, it's the whole thing is black except for one red dot it's got the image of a fighter pilot and uh, on it it says 2008 and it has a cross at the top as well and and embossed on the painting are Malay words and these are all you know um, words which can be very painful like chinta love can be very painful it's got it's all those words there and the title of the painting um, in English is are you with me or are you not with me mm. so when I actually saw that uh, artwork I, the first thing I said to myself is oh my goodness this is the type of artwork I like my first thing went to my mind was it's all black what would my mother say <laughs> then of course next is my wife would kill me, you know, if I ever have the artwork at home. See. But was after, it because it was just too dark? It's, um, if you look at it, it's just, you know, from afar. Mm. It, you, you can just see one big black painting and it's about seven feet high and five feet across. And the price, of course. Is uh, that why your wife would kill you too? Yes, yes. <laughs> at that point in time, it's probably the highest I paid for a painting. Okay, but why did that painting change you from, let's say, a, a let's say amateur art collector or to, you know, like the other, you know, investment to, to collector? In 2008, uh, I have um, um, basically a better knowledge, better, uh, more depth mm. about art collecting. And when you usually see that work, you, you, you realise at that point in time, it's just like you falling in love with a man you meet on the street. Well, a man you meet, you meet on the street, not me. <laughs> um, and, and it just hits you, then you realise what art collecting is all about. I mean, it's actually a painting. You can sit and look at it all day long. And you, it, and it's too simple to say, but a lot of people call it like, it speaks to you. It's uh, just something which um, um, 
And, um, captures your imagination. Captures imagination is one, but what's more important is for contemporary art collecting. It actually uh, relates to one point in time, mm. and I don't know if you remember in two zero zero eight as a banker, uh, the stock market crash. I think 30-40%. percent. Yeah. Uh, and the and I really thought at that point in time. Um, the, the world is coming to an end. That was during the great financial crisis, right? That as well. The end of Lehman Brothers. Yes, yes. So, you know, you, know, you want something to, re- to remind you of that period as well. Mm. And that's how uh, I became an art collector. Okay, but let's rewind when you were just an art investor, okay? And you thought about it from the dollar and cents perspective. My question is, there's always this impression that art is only for the rich, Right. It's only for people who have a certain income level. But is that really true? Can it be an investment for, you know, for anyone? Yeah, it, it's definitely um, can be an investment for anyone. It, uh, like this year, uh, we started something called the One Piece Club. And the whole point of having this One Piece Club is to encourage um, young collectors, new collectors to buy uh, artwork for the first time. Mm. And we've had already about um, 10 to 12 uh, events, and we, I've actually seen um, at least seven or eight collectors buying art for the first time. And quite a few of them uh, are people who just started work and they don't have to go for the expensive artworks as long as they know what to buy, as long as it's something which they like. Um, and, um, you know, it's actually can be very affordable. Okay, so we'll come back to that in terms of what's affordable and, you know, what's the range like. But what are the types of arts that have a place in investment portfolio? Are, are, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a painting per se, isn't it? Because even photography is a form of art. Yeah, yes, I mean, uh, I collect a lot of uh, sculptures as well. Um, and of course, uh, photographs as well. But uh, what I would like to say mm. is um, uh, having collected for nearly 20 years and I sit down now and look at my portfolio and see where, how they have done over time. Before I became a collector, um, the artworks which I bought are actually artists which are quite well known. Mm. Um, I've done research. I speak to other more senior art collectors and most of the works I collected from 2005 to 2008 and they have um, increased in value multiple fold. I must uh, um, say that I have actually sold uh, quite a few of those works which I bought during that time because they don't really fit into my collection anymore and uh, I have works which has actually gone up eight to nine fold at uh, Henry Butcher auction Mm. and it's not one piece we are talking about uh, four or five pieces and those are works you I I could easily bought for less than 10,000 I will be selling it for like 40,000 35,000 and it happens why didn't I carry on doing that I could but as a collector buying art is all different so this, this now you're, you're driven more by passion but yes. you know for let's say someone starting out you know okay yes the advice is true buy, buy a, a, a famous artist likelihood that his or her prices of the work will appreciate but if you're a newbie like me and you don't have that much of a budget uh, how do you go about buying art that will actually, you know, have an increase in value two, three, four, five times? How do you spot something? Actually, the easiest is to um, go to as many galleries when they have shows as possible, speak to as many 
collectors, senior collectors as possible. And it's just like shares. Mm. I mean, um, you have two equally good companies, two equally good plantation companies, but why is one performing better than the other? The one performing better could have a better set of shareholders. Uh, we have the clicks, we have the big funds in there. Mm. Whereas the smaller one, who, uh, the, the other one which hasn't performed well, it may well uh, be one which is hardly collected, no other uh, investors in there. So if there's no investors in the one, in the one plantation company, you um, hardly trigger interest. Whereas uh, one which has actually strong following, every time there's a new issue of shares, there are people following the uh, news and all that. And it's very much like artwork as well. So in many ways, um, there is a trend. And the thing is, if you were to speak uh, around we do your homework you, I, 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 in my early years I used to spend all my free time um, going to art galleries going to uh, um, you know studios and speaking to collectors speaking to artists as well okay because the point about art being in this uh, investable is you know at the end of the day the, it sounds like you still need to do your homework. It's like stock in market investing, right? You still need to do research. You need to go for that company visit, which is in the form of gallery openings, art shows. Is, is that the case for you yes. to really have some sort of fundamental understanding of what goes on in the local art scene? Yes. Yeah. And you earlier question you asked about... Um, you know uh, how 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 would a new yeah newbie uh, um, newbie get into the, you know into this? But basically, I would suggest that this we can look at what shows on. Just start going to galleries mm. and join the One Piece Club, which doesn't cost a single cent. Okay, yeah, and that's all free, isn't it? Yes, yes. Okay, I want to know about digital developments. Okay, because this UBS report that I I read says that blockchain innovations offer new tools to support artists. Um, and there are also welcome improvements. It helps with price transparency and access to information. Do you see this trend emerging in Asia? Is it supposed to help lower barriers to entry to enable enabling new collectors to enter into the market? Is there such a thing here? Well, actually, um, to be honest, this is an area where a lot of collectors, about three years ago, four years ago, serious collectors start saying that um, maybe I should look into this area because mm. you don't want to uh, lose out. Yes. Um, but it's actually, um, um, to me, uh, to many of us, it doesn't quite make sense because you could be buying uh, an NFT which you don't have the physical work, and uh, you know, and uh, also uh, because uh, sometimes you look at the work and it, it, the value is very high, not because uh, they were good pieces of work, but there's just the hype behind the work. In fact, I know quite a few artists, very good artists, Malaysian artists, who decided to put their works on NFT but nothing sells because if people do not able to access your site, you mm. never get sold. Mm. So, um, in, in the end, is, is it something which, uh, you know, um, I, 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 what I thought of it, um, I would say that it's something which I can live without. Okay, it's not your preference. No, no, it's not. But you definitely think that there's a potential for this, maybe in more mature art markets? Not really, because uh, look, uh, if you if we had this conversation a year and a half ago, mm. I mean, if you look, you read the, um, Bloomberg News, you read FTA, everyone is talking about NFTs. Mm. But do you hear anything about NFT nowadays? No. Uh, nothing at all, because a lot of people uh, even a young person came up to me once uh, I, uh, I have a couple of NFTs bought, uh, to support one or two um, uh, artists 
and I'm, when when they ask me when what is their mind is that um, the price can never go down because you have to remember the NFT is also linked to the price of the NFT, mm. not a piece of art. One day it can be one Ethereum, then uh, Ethereum price is uh, say six hundred US, um, uh, then it's worth six hundred US. But if Ethereum price goes down to twenty five US, that artwork is only worth twenty five. So uh, until a year ago. I think a lot of the um, collectors of NFTs never thought that NFT, NFT price can come down. I just wonder what would happen to those NFT that doesn't exist anymore. Mm. On Ringgit and Sense this morning, I'm speaking to Bing Lee Sim, investment banker and art collector. We'll be taking a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, the risks involved in buying art as an investment, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. BFM 89.9, welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense where I'm speaking to Bing Lee Sim, investment banker and art collector. Today we're asking if investing in art is only for the rich. Bing Lee, okay, I'm aware of the risks. I've done my homework. I've shopped around as in I've you know gone to all the galleries. I've spoken to the professionals. How should I build my art collection like an investment? Is it really going to be dependent on my personal taste and preference or before you know is that the best way as a gauge also okay the uh, I, I think um, a lot of um, seasoned art collectors will say that yeah, please buy a piece which appeals to you something mm-hmm. you like which you can put on the wall and you can actually look at it every day and you know you're happy with that but if you want to buy something for investment it, uh, it's not necessarily the case. Should you specialise though? I mean, it's like some investors, right? For example, your fund manager, you tend to be either in the equities camp or the fixed income camp, but usually they don't, you know, they're not necessarily uh, good at both yeah. asset classes. As a collector, um, I'm not an invest, uh, investor. As a collector, I think you can specialise. Okay. Because um, uh, many, collect- uh, many seasoned collectors will know what type of artworks they want to buy. Mm. But as an investor, I don't think you, you should specialise because if you just specialise on one type of work, um, how, how are you going to make sure that um, that's going to generate you enough return uh, over the years, your ROIs and all that? See? So it's diversification again? Yes, yes. Okay, so it's good to have perhaps a few pieces rather than focus on one artist, a few pieces by different artists. Yes. Okay, and you know, investing in art probably takes time. I don't think it's something where you can get returns immediately. So what kind of returns, I mean, how long do you have to stay invested or keep an art piece? And how easy is it to actually sell it if, let's say, you want to? Is that the problem about art though? Okay, um, I think about um, eight, nine years ago, um, we, Malaysia has been quite fortunate because we started having a lot of auction houses. Mm. So these auction houses help to facilitate the um, buying and selling of artworks. But if you ask me how long do you need to keep the artwork before the price goes up, it, um, it's the same. If you buy a stock and you think it's undervalued, how long is it going to be before it goes up? Because you can be buying it um, at the very early stage and you probably have to wait for five or six years or you can uh, you buy it at a stage when um, there was uh, just before a large group of collectors come in to push the price out. Mm. So there's actually no 
um, um, fast rule about um, 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 you know where, how long you need to hold your artwork because like stocks, uh, some artists may be popular and it, he, he or she can actually come all the way down. Oh, okay, and, the star can fade. Yes, so if you do not, if your whole idea. Is to buy and make money, and if do not sell it, then mm. you actually see your um, you know investment um, you know come, uh, down, come in down in value. How do you sell the painting then, Bingley? I mean, because it's not like a stock, right? Where you can just put an order through the broken house. Actually, if it's actually an artwork which is sought after by uh, many collectors, you can actually go to galleries and they will find you. A, buy it for it. Mm. The other way is the auction houses. Henry Butcher has about four, five um, auctions a year. Um, there's a new uh, capital auction which started and, and they, they, Sharon probably have at least three or four auctions a year. And if you add uh, the one which um, uh, Dr. Gary has one as well, and there's so there enough auctions for you to put your artworks to be sold. Okay, so these are professional services, right? In, in some form. But yes. they charge. So what kind of yeah. commission do you then have to well, pay? Well, uh, as a seller, you probably have to pay about 10%. Okay. Uh, which is quite reasonable. because uh, And then, of course, some handling charges, which is uh, uh, yeah, could be something up to about 1% because the delivery, the packaging, the printing of the catalogs and all. I'm curious about the price discovery. Because it's not like a share, right? Where there's many transactions in a day, so you know, like, okay, this stock you want to sell, it's one ringgit. For art, how do you determine? Let's say you bought it for one thousand ringgit. Fifteen years later, it's a famous artist. How do you know at what price to sell it? Um, because there have been quite a few auctions, and there have been quite a lot of galleries. If it's a famous artist, then you will actually it's see. Yes, you will see the artwork being exhibited, mm. and you can gauge. From uh, you know and the prices which you see to actually know how much the artwork is worth, I don't want to go. I don't want to name any um, artists um, now, but you know there are actually some artists which you know um, has maybe not discovered. We are they're not even young. Then we have one or two collectors came along and who has money and decided that I think this is the right piece of artworks to have and start buying his artwork and just buying up most of his artworks in the market and that will trigger interest amongst the other follower the um, collectors who just chase these artists and buy the artworks and then the, the, you, you just have to write um, you know the, the trend Okay so it sounds like even for art it's good to have a patron like the equivalent of uh, Warren Buffett, who spots you early, and if enough people hear about it, then the artist also takes off. Yes, yes, we have quite a few of them, Malaysia. Okay, and um, you know what is art is a tangible hard asset. So, uh, how do you keep it safe? Because you got to retain the value, right? It cannot be damaged. Condensation is important. Humidity is important. All these things. How do you? What are the things to consider to actually ensure that this art piece retains its value? Well, actually, um, most people. Uh, would have their paintings at home and as long as uh, it's not in direct sunlight mm. and as long as uh, you know uh, it's not too humid uh, we can get uh, you can you know make sure that they, they, they will be still be in good condition however um, we are talking about canvas and oil and acrylic those are okay but for 
paper, uh, watercolour on paper, charcoal on paper, that is a lot more difficult. I know a friend who actually has a groom and keeps the aircon on 24 hours just to make sure that um, um, there's, uh, it, it does not uh, attract any mould. Mm. And it's not easy. To me, that, that's one of the biggest problems when you buy, start buying artwork where it's actually paper and uh, and and especially um, um, watercolour as well. You just have to be very, very um, um, careful on all those. What about insurance? Do you insure your paintings, Bingley? Um, I don't. But I'd rather not speak too much about that because, uh, you know, people may just go to my house and steal them. i tell you one of the reasons why I uh, do not uh, insure my paintings is um, in, uh, the works I buy is identifiable. Okay. Not to the artist, but to the buyer. So if someone comes and steal it, um, it, it probably hasn't got an international market. You can't really sell it internationally. Even to sell it locally, you have to go through um, a few galleries or you through auctions and straight away the seller, the culprit will be caught. Okay, because so, it's a small market and everybody it, kind of knows who has what. Yeah. So well, well, um, there have been quite a few artists whose studio has been uh, broken into mm. and they always say that they lose their computers, their handphones and everything but no one touches <laughs> the artwork. Because there's no easy resale value. No, it's not no. a liquid asset, is no, it? No. So it sounds like, okay, for art, um, the, it has got the potential uh, in terms of being an investment. Unfortunately, it's it, it's not that easy to... The resale market is not an automatic one like an exchange. There are some risks associated in the sense that there's uh, it's a liquidity trap because you need to hang on to it. But yes. there is... For some people, art is still an investment because there's also this intrinsic value attached to the piece, right? Yes, Yes, I mean, um, that's when um, collecting art, uh, as a collector, um, the, the investment is invaluable. I mean, you can't put a price to it. The joy Re of it. The, not just the joy, because I, I met a friend recently um, and he actually sat down with me and said, Bing, if you don't sell your artworks, I mean, what's the point of you buying it in the first place? Mm. So what I actually said was, um, you know, uh, I have friends, I have my brother who goes on cruises, uh, you know, like three times a year. But what I have done is that I've been buying artworks over the last 15, 16 years. And it's not a matter of just sitting there and buying artworks uh, from the internet or that you actually meet. You, you know that the, the artwork you want actually goes a part of your collection, fits your collection. So it's the journey. The journey of my, my last 15 years, the art collection, the whole journey of my art collection, is actually, that's the investment, that's the value. And my friend actually said, yeah, he agreed. And, and he, he really agreed because it actually took me in my 15, 16 years to build the artwork to where it is today. And you had great joy doing it all the way. Yes, yes. And I still... Um, um, you know, um, look forward to adding artworks to my collection, the one which I feel will enhance its value. So there's always a piece waiting for you out there, Bingley? Yes, yes, but the um, problem is uh, it's not a cheap uh, hobby uh, and, uh, you know, um, it, it's something which I um, quite difficult to, you know, stop doing. But um, the only way I was hoping to be able to sustain my hobby is to be able to sell some of the artworks which does not fit into my collection anymore. Mm. And these are not works which are not good. These are works I bought in my first three, four years where there is people chasing those artworks but 
they definitely do not fit into my collection. So it's just like investing. Sometimes you just have to sell those stocks that just don't make sense to you anymore, that don't add much to your portfolio, right? Yeah. And, and like investing, sometimes you buy shares um, of friends who owns the company. And when sometimes when they need help, when the share price is low, you buy to support it. So it's actually very much like invest, investment. In fact, my, uh, my over the last 15 20 years, um, like you know, when I do buy art, it's, you know, I always keep on, I, I, I can never deny the fact that I always think of it like a share, having been in the equity market with yourself for all these years. That's all the time we have for Ring It and Sense. I've been speaking to Bing Lee Sim, investment banker and art collector on art as an investment. Join us next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Wong Shaoning, and this has been BFM 89.9. Ring It and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the VFM app.